This is FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's Place to Talk. Stand by, Rutherford County. The WGNS Action Line continues a search for truth. to you. Welcome into the Action Line from WGNS this morning. We're going to be talking with our Assistant City Manager, Darren Gore, and we're going to be focusing on the City of Murfreesboro. So if you have a question dealing with the City of Murfreesboro, we want to focus on Murfreesboro, not Rutherford County or Smyrna, any of those places, strictly Murfreesboro. Give us a call, 615-893-1450. First of all, Darren, good morning to you. Good morning, Mark. Great to have you with us today. Glad to be here. Thank you. And if you have uh, any questions for Darren, give us a shout. 615-893-1450. You can talk or text, whichever you prefer on that number. 615-893-1450. Let's start off by telling a little about uh, how we've sort of rearranged the way the uh, system, I guess, works with the city of Murfreesboro, the creation of the Community Affairs Division, uh, which is an outreach arm of the Water Resources. Tell us uh, a little about the goals of, of what you're hoping this division change is going to do for us. Sure. <clears throat> well, we've uh, the Water Department has has probably been more of what I would consider an internal stakeholder uh, responsive. Uh, organization we have our customer service and our standard you know people come pay bills and we've never really been a an organization that pushed out a message uh, so we decided uh, last year to take a more proactive position on some of the the i guess just the initiatives and some of the awareness and education that we wanted to uh, bring to the public regarding water and water resources so we uh, created uh, community affairs manager uh, Sharon Seibert uh, has taken on that role, and of course we've got all of our plant managers and our operations managers on board our leadership team that uh, we meet weekly and we talk about uh, visiting schools. We talk about civic organizations meetings. We talk about opportunities to get out in front of folks and talk about the importance of water and how water uh, is obviously ne- necessary for life. Um, and how we are doing everything we can to clean water, run off from storm water, how we're cleaning the water that comes to our water resource recovery facility. Uh, that used to be called our wastewater plant, but we decided that a wastewater plant doesn't generate wastewater. We actually receive wastewater and uh, create a very clean effluent that goes back into the West Fork Stones River. And we're very proud of, of the quality of our effluent. We obviously pull water from Percy Priest Lake and the East for uh, Stones River for water supply to create drinking water. Again, so so the community affairs is really a, a, an attempt to be more proactive in messaging and letting the public know and engaging with the public and letting them know uh, where our priorities are. 
Tell us a little about uh, this uh, affluence from uh, the, the Stones River going into the West Fork of the Stones River. Somebody had said it was so clean you could almost drink it. Well, I, several years uh, I took a little sip of it uh, myself uh, daily. I would have the uh, uh, Wharf staff bring me a little jar of it and you really can't see the difference between drinking water and our effluent. They're both very, very clear. The effluent actually meets the 1972 drinking water standards. Uh, so we were probably drinking w- water of that quality back in the 70s. Um, now, obviously, water quality criteria are much more stringent, so our effluent doesn't meet current drinking water standards. But it's I, will t- I tell everybody I would much rather drink that effluent than actually take a straight drink out of the west fork stones river (laughs) (laughs) so so from that regard uh you know i guess you try to try to uh, demonstrate uh your convictions that that what we're saying is is actual truth so i've taken a few sips of it but uh we've been doing bioassessments on the west fork stones river and the best way i can describe a bioassessment it's uh, you send two people out in the middle of a stream and you try to find a riffle area, a riffle area being where there's somewhat shallow water rolling over some rocks, and you, you put a net out downstream of those rocks, and you actually go kick, kick the rocks up, and you try to uh, disturb the river in that location, and all of the bugs, um, I guess the correct term is macroinvertebrates, get caught into the net and we take those bugs and we go through a very uh, extensive process we don't in-house but we have a laboratory we have biologists that do it for us they identify all of the species uh, that have come out of that river and based on I guess the diversity of those species there are certain species that are considered very sensitive that only thrive in high quality uh, water we create an index score. So our target score for the West Fork is 32. The maximum, it's called the Tennessee Macroinvertebrate Index, TMI. And I may be, I may be giving you too much information <laughs> on the TMI. But <laughs> we, we can always use you, it. Yeah, so, so the, 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 the benchmark is 32, max is 42. And we've consistently scored in the upper 30s and low 40s. Um, so... Uh, mid 30s and and even you know upper 30s and actually we scored a 42 a perfect score in one location we do this annually and it's really to demonstrate that the west fork stones river is healthy and that our effluent is actually we would make the case is um, enhancing the quality of the west fork stones river versus being a detriment to it which is a paradigm shift right most in 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 all of our my generation your gener- a lot of our g- current generations have always thought, well, we're putting something into the water from a plant, or you're putting something into the river from a wastewater plant. That's bad, and that's hurting things. Uh, we've gotten to the point where technology can clean it so well that we believe we're enhancing the quality of the stream, and what we're putting in the stream is actually cleaner than what the stream currently uh, contains. So that's... You know, you, you can demonstrate that. You demonstrate that through the TMI score. You demonstrate that through uh, modeling uh, how much oxygen you're putting back in the water. So there's a lot of measurements you can make to not just, this isn't Darren Gore's subjective commentary. This is actually, we, we go through a process to try to demonstrate it scientifically. We have a text here from a listener who says they uh, 
occasionally smell some unique smells. From, <laughs> yeah. from well, that's the been a big topic water. lately, hasn't it? <laughs> uh, and they say they don't live right next door. They live over in the Breckenridge area. Uh, what would that be? What causes that? Well, we're, you know, odor. I, I have worked in the water and sewer industry for almost 25 years. And so odor is a very unique um, animal. I say that from the standpoint, it's it's not, we occasionally have what I call one-off odor complaints with regards to sewer. And we have a team of folks that go out and we track it down. So it's very, uh, when I say a one-off, there's usually a manhole lid that, that may have gotten displaced. And so there's actually the sewer gases venting to the atmosphere. Uh, we've actually gone into a business before that had a very strong odor smell. One of their vent pipes had come apart, and so they were venting sewer gas into their into their building. We can usually track those down uh, and, and fix it within a day. What I would coin as chronic odor complaints, there's only been two chronic odor complaints that I've had since I've been with the city of Murfreesboro. One was... Um, we, it was the Archimedes screw lift station over at the old Fort Golf Course. Um, if you remember, it's not there anymore because we replaced that with a Southwest Regional pump station. But that was an open pit pump station, so it actually was open to the environment. And there were days you would ride down 96 and get a very, very uh, harsh odor. The other was uh, in Saratoga subdivision when we had a... Uh, a pump station that was actually in Kensington that would every morning uh, or that over overnight that sewer in a force main is about a mile long would go septic and start off gassing and then in the next morning when it, the pump station came on and it effectively flushed that discharge into a Saratoga manhole uh, in a cul-de-sac and we knew where it was coming from and we knew where it was ending up and we ended up we spent about forty thousand forty five thousand dollars a year annually to feed a uh, odor control um it's really a uh, it's not a chemical it's more of a uh, biological um substance that that has the bugs that actually digest the hydrogen sulfide in the in the in the uh, waste so we we still feed that out there and so the way we found it is we put hydrogen sulfide monitors in our manholes, and we saw some extreme. And so hydrogen sulfide is that rotten egg smell that you associate with sewer, and and hydrogen sulfide is off. Obviously, it's generated by landfill gases as well. Um, so sometimes there may, you know, we is it sewer? You know, we we're getting into the whole uh, argument as well. Is that sewer gas or is that landfill gas? So. All I can say about sewer gas is we've always been able to pinpoint it. We've always been able to treat it. And we are putting hydrogen sulfide monitors we've had out in the reserve subdivision and the pump stations on Compton Road. We started September 3rd. Uh, we only have two monitors. So we've, we're in their third location with those two monitors, and they're at the pump stations on Compton Road. So we haven't pulled that data off yet, but we the data we've received from the other manholes show that the hydrogen sulfide levels are not at a level that justify um, this microbiological treatment. So I guess the best way I could put it is we're hunting for the odor right now, and if we find it, and if we see that there's a magnitude of of gas that we can treat, we will um, absolutely invest whatever funds we need to treat that odor. But 
it's until we find it in the sewer system, I can't necessarily treat it. So um, we have talked about putting some just just for uh, you know just to j- show the public that we're we're hearing them. We've talked about maybe putting some deodorizers at those pump stations that missed a certain smell and a good smell into the air just just to kind of abate anybody's concerns or alleviate concerns. I do want to get the data first to just see if we have a hydrogen sulfide problem. I know that's a very long-winded answer, and I'm sorry about that, but it's it's a very uh, emotional issue that we're catching a lot of feedback on right now and, and criticism on. And so all I can tell the public is is that we're working vigorously to try to locate if it's within our sewer system. If it's not within our sewer system, we've met with Republic Landfill. Uh, I, I should probably meet with MTSU and the swine farm that's out off of 231. And start, we're, we're talking about starting an odor patrol so that we have we, we team up with uh, uh, members of the uh, or, or uh, employees with the landfill and we try to start logging where we smell, you know, sending a crew out. What's the wind direction? What are the environmental conditions? If we smell something, what's the magnitude of the smell? And start logging that on a GIS system so that we can see if there is an actual trend based on environmental conditions or if there's a trend based on location that we can get to the bottom of it. And if uh, the landfill needs resources from the city that we were available to provide them, uh, we'd be willing to, to team up with them all day long. Now, we've gotten another text here from a listener in the Osborne Lane area, so that's several miles uh, away from Breckenridge. But they say they're smelling uh, something in the air also, but it's not consistent. They say some days it's it's really rough and some days it's not quite so bad. Right. Um, with sewer, that's the one thing that... So that's the what befuddles me, is that in the past, what I would say about sewer odor is it's pretty consistent. Um, for example, the Saratoga subdivision, it happened every morning at the same location. And, the, and, and so it was, it was very repeatable and it was very consistent. Um, Saratoga is out, uh, uh broad, it's broad, broad Manchester street, yeah, broad Manchester highway. Correct. And so, and then it was very pinpointable. Once we got out there, as we got closer to the, the source of the odor, it became more poignant. So my experience has always been it's pretty it's very repeatable the sewer odor and it's very pinpointable if that's i guess that's a word uh so to say that it's it varies in in magnitude and it varies in under different conditions that doesn't align with my uh experience in dealing with with sanitary sewer odor so uh, again that's not to say it's it's not sewer it's just we have to go into a different level of investigation that i have not that, that again we're trying to coordinate with the republic and we're trying to uh, get to the point where uh, can we can we find a pattern and can we find a source and if we can find the pattern and find the source there's there's chemicals and there's odor control media that that can treat it now there was a time that uh, you were spreading uh Leftover water. Biosolids. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Over right. farms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those days have kind of have, have ended. Those were, That was, uh, uh, you've got to get very special permits now to do that yeah, from, T, from Tennessee Department of Environment and Conservation. We are taking our biosolids to the landfill currently. 
but we have a long-term plan. Hopefully we're going to have it in the next three to four, maybe five years where we're going to dry our biosolids. Our biosolids are actually a beneficial uh, substance. They're so, they can be used as a soil amendment. So we, we don't call it fertilizer because it doesn't have enough uh, uh, concentrations of phosphorus and nitrogen to be considered fertilizer, but it is a soil amendment. And if you dry it, you can dry it to kill all the pathogens and any issue, you know, take care of all the uh, environmental issues. And then the state allows you to freely spread that on farmland, on parks and rec property. Uh, and so what that does is it not only enhances the soil, but we take a waste stream away from the landfill. So that's something that we're ultimately, um, that's our goal. And uh, we're going to be investing probably somewhere in the neighborhood of $15 million dollars uh, to get the dryers and then there's going to be about a million to two million dollar annual operating expense for the gas because you have to heat it uh, to get the water out so we'll uh more to more to come on that uh we're excited about it we're we're, we're wanting to partner with some agricultural uh some farmers and maybe do a little trading if we give you some biosolids can you treat some runoff off, you know maybe if they border a stream maybe they can do some bioretention areas and and maybe do a little uh, stormwater treatment because uh, the current stormwater regulations don't they they don't oversee agriculture agriculture and i like to eat and and i like is the least amount of regulations on agriculture as anybody but we think if we can go in and create a product that they desire and we can ask for some some uh quid pro quo uh type type uh, set asides maybe that they don't use for farming maybe we can get some treatment out of that and we'd be it'd be a good relationship to, to Let, let's look at the other end of the water supply we are putting water back in with right. this first part of the discussion as we're taking water out the other side uh to drink is most of our water coming from the facility that's right behind the va hospital or are we going somewhere else now no you're correct we just have one water plant and it's uh, it's rated to treat 20 million gallons a day. Um, we pull that water out of the East Fork Stones River. Right, we're right there on the on the uh, Walter Hill Dam. Actually, creates a little impoundment area that allows us to withdraw water from the East Fork. So that's uh, very very convenient because well, and very very beneficial to the city because that that dam is owned by the city and that backwater is not, impoundment area is not regulated by the Corps of Engineers. So all the water we pull out of the East Fork, we don't have to pay for storage. We don't have to deal with contracts with the Corps. Now, back in the early 80s, uh, if people may remember, we had a big drought and the water got so low that we had problems pulling out of the East Fork. So Joe Kirchner, my predecessor, uh, ended up putting an exhaust, we call it our auxiliary raw water uh, intake, and that's on the lake itself. So we do withdraw water from the lake, the impoundment area, and we do have a water storage contract with the Corps of Engineers, uh, and we have had to deal with the, some, cor- some, some contractual challenges, I guess you could call it, with the Corps on how much water we store and the, and the payment we make to them to store water in the lake. But uh, by and large, we take the most of it from the East Fork Stones River. 
Now, with the estimates of a population of around 150, 160,000 persons for Murfreesboro, how much water do we need? Can we uh, exist with 20 million gallons per day, or do we we can? We can. We can. And and so what I tell a lot of folks is that Percy Priest Lake, there's no shortage of, of water in that reservoir. The challenges we are facing are typically, like I said, contractual challenges with the Corps of Engineers and what they say we can withdraw from the lake for water supply purposes. So there's always the opportunity to, I'd say it, you you can go to Congress and we can maybe allocate more water in the lake for drinking water supply, but there's not a, a resource limitation. It's mainly a contractual challenge that we have. Now, Murfreesboro, a lot of people don't realize this. Of course, they should. I'm, I'm, let's say I, I live in Indian Hills. So I'm actually inside the city, but I'm a consolidated utility district water customer. Uh, in the mid-'80s, uh, there was a lawsuit that CUD, um, uh, I guess, levied against the city, and they won, saying that as Murfreesboro's city limits grew, we we were annexing property and we were taking over CUD water customers and making them Murfreesboro water customers. And CUD made the claim that, hey, we've got federal loans. We're reliant on that customer base. And as the city kind of takes those customers off of our customer base, we may have problems uh, making those federal loan payments. So the federal judge said, you're right. Uh, Murfreesboro can't take your customers any longer. So we have a very unique and distinct water district boundary that's independent of our city limits so our water system is uh, customers are are, we're we're less than half a percent growth per year on our water customers so our our 20 million gallon a day plant is very suitable to serve that because we're kind of not growing consolidated utility district you probably know they're they're just finishing up a water plant upgrade they're the ones that are going to have the majority of uh, water supply or water drinking water delivery to the city of Murfreesboro over the next, well, from now on. Murfreesboro water, we serve about 60% of the city of Murfreesboro. The other 40% is served by CUD. And in the next 20 years, that's going to flip. CUD will be serving 60% of Murfreesboro residents, and, and Murfreesboro Water, will, we will only be serving about 40%. But, again, we work really, really well with CUD. Uh, I'm good friends with uh, Bill Donnell, and uh, we, we collaborate, and we've worked together with the Corps of Engineers, and we're making sure that uh, we're lockstep in how we approach the Corps of Engineer contracts have a question here from another listener who's texted us and they're saying based on what you're saying uh is murfreesboro water department uh next to be sold and would buyer be cud <laughs> no <laughs> no i mean no I, no there's no there's no active discussions on that at this time um i think it would be um you know again at some point, we, we just finished a water resource integration plan. Murfreesboro Water did. Uh, we finished it at the end of 2018. So to answer the direct question, no. There's, I think, I think a, you know, selling a water system versus selling an electric system, there's just, I, I do think there's some different differences there. Um, but 
there's so there's no real i don't know if there's really a whole lot of value to the city to sell the water system at this time now i will just say from an i'm, I'm a big efficiency and effectiveness guy so i i, I subscribe to the eum effective utility management model and when we did our water resource integration plan there may come a time it may be 20 years 30 40 years it, it probably would make sense to have a combined water system i don't know if it'll ever make sense for cud to take over our sewer system so uh is that a headache that's it's it's, it's a tough it's a tough one it's tough and it's and and but and I say CUD, maybe the Murfreesboro takes over CUD. So there, there may be a time, I, I, what I'm trying to say is there may be an optimal moment in time for a regional water district for the county and the city to be combined for, for those type of services. That time's not right now, so I'm going to alleviate any concerns. I'm not saying that that time is now. And I also see the sewer as being something separate and independent of, of water, uh, drinking water. So, uh but to, you know you got to keep your eyes open and if it's and if it's so so you're trying to do what's best for the ratepayer and at the point in time that it's the right thing to do for the ratepayer then we should consider it and that's that's being a good steward that's public service that's trying to look out for the best interests of the citizens versus you know a self-serving agenda which is the last thing as a public servant you want to have is something to you don't want to create fiefdoms or silos or your own little you know places of power uh, you want to do what's right for the for the city our phone number is 615-893-1450 you can talk or text and looks like the people are choosing to text this morning <laughs> so if you have a question you'd like to text to us 615-893-1450 we're going to check on the traffic and weather and we'll be right back darren gore is our guest this morning he is the assistant city manager here in Murfreesboro. Dave Ramsey, America's most trusted money expert. The Dave Ramsey Show, live each day from 1 to 4 on WGNS Rutherford County's Place to Talk. Hi, this is Peter Demas with Demas's Restaurant. We're excited to announce that our dining rooms are back up and running. We may not be at full capacity and we may not have all of your favorite menu items or the favorite touches that you're used to having. But at the same time, we are excited to be able to serve you. We have brought our servers back. We have retrained them. Our cooks are excited to put the steaks on plates that you can cut with a real knife as opposed to plasticware from your home. And I invite your family to come and join our family back at Demas's Restaurants on Broad Street in Murfreesboro. If I could talk to the animals. Here at Animal City, we are open for in-store shopping and also happy to offer curbside delivery if that's your preference. Hi, this is Amanda from Animal City. We are long-term pet lovers and pet keepers too, so we make sure to have our store stocked with all the specialty products your pets need, like a wide selection of premium foods, animal habitats, and toys. Animal City, 919 Northwest Broad Street. Thank you for allowing us to serve you for 30 years. Good morning. Traffic still holding up right now on 24 as you leave Rutherford County headed towards Davidson County on 24 up through the Hickory Hollow area. Yes, it's picked up uh, quite a bit actually out here with traffic volume on 24 out of Coffee County into Rutherford County. Just busy in the normal spots up and down Sam Ridley especially. Check out the new Andre Chicken Sandwich now available at Prince's Hot Chicken, 5814 Nolensville Pike. It's so worth that drive. I'm Commander Chuck. You're on time traffic. Thank you, Chuck. What about that Murfreesboro West? 
weather brought to you by First National Bank of Murfreesboro. We'll see a few spotty rain showers here this afternoon with mostly cloudy skies, a high in the upper 60s. Winds out of the northwest of 5 to 10 miles per hour. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 54. COVID-19 has changed our world. And First National Bank of Murfreesboro is here to help you. Scams steal your money. I'm Shelly Rigsby, manager of First National Bank of Murfreesboro. And I'm Amanda Gentry. Don't give your personal information to people you don't know, even if they say they're the police or anyone. Get with First National Bank of Murfreesboro, 2230 Mercury Boulevard. Now a part of the Capstar Bank family, member FDIC. We bring people to know you, and you know them. People like Truman Jones. Weekday mornings at 9, only on WGNS. AM, AM, FM, FM, online. Welcome back. Our communication number, 615-893-1450. And you're in control. You can talk or text on that one. Our guest this morning, Darren Gore, the Assistant City Manager for Murfreesboro. Again, the number is 615-893-1450. want to say congratulations to our good neighbor of the day, Tangi Bain. Tangi's going to receive flowers from Jenny Harrison and the family over there at Ryan Flowers Coffee and Gifts as our good neighbor. They say that Tangi is always there helping others in need. Tangie Bain, our good neighbor of the day, and our winner of the birthday club from Simply Pure Sweets is John Bowen. John Bowen, our winner this morning. Again, the number to call for texting or talking, 615-893-1450. We're going to change gears here. We have a question from a listener asking about uh, Rover Bus, and they're wondering, will that be expanded any time? <laughs> Well, I'm well, going to. We always get well, that question. Oh yeah, no. This this is a this is. From, I, I will honestly say I don't know the answer to that. Uh, I would say though I would point towards uh, uh, Jim Kerr. Uh, he's our uh, uh, transportation director, uh, and he is uh, responsible, I guess, for that that uh, uh, division or or that service that the city provides. So. I would suggest calling Jim Kerr or emailing Jim Kerr uh, at Murfreesboro TN. It's J Kerr, J K E R R at MurfreesboroTN.gov, and uh, just emailing him at that question, and he should be uh, get back with him probably today. Very good. We have uh, another question here. This one deals with the time of year. Uh, pretty soon, we're going to start seeing a lot of leaves falling off. And also, uh, we'll start seeing limbs falling. That seems to come along right. with it, too. Right. Uh, is the city, last year they had a problem with pickups mm-hmm. of leaves and limbs. Has that been resolved? Well, it's yes. I'll, I'll say yes, confidently, that it's been resolved. Uh, there's always challenges with brush and limb pickup, just from the standpoint of, and, and I, I'll say even in my neighborhood, we just had... Uh, these knuckle but the knuckle boom trucks which have the grapple arm and the clamshell and they they put it in their hopper and and take off just went through our neighborhood and the very next day there's two or three people that have put you know uh, grass or 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 limbs out and so our our goal is to do it twice uh twice a month uh pick up brush and limb 
twice a month. We actually, last year, based on our kind of our, our, our lack of, of being able to recruit drivers uh, for that service, we contracted out half the city with RecPro, RecPro LLC. It's kind of a subsidiary, if you will, of Rollins Excavating. They have come in, and they, they take care of the western half of the city. If you look at 231 kind of being the the uh, bifurcating the city into two east and west, uh, RecPro is taking care of the west side of town, and Murfreesboro personnel and our equipment is taking care of the east side of town. And so, so far, that's worked very well. We got through this spring. I know we had a – the COVID pandemic – one thing it did do is there was a lot of home improvement and there was a lot of yard waste and a lot of people doing yard work. And I believe we got through that pretty well. We actually met the goal of twice a month pickup and spring is a really uh, a tough or peak peak time of year. And again, the fall is going to be a peak time. So I, I, I believe we are staged with the proper resources or equipped with the proper resources to, to continue that twice a month pickup. Um, there's always, I guess, certain things that can happen and that can be people get sick or equipment goes down. But I think we've got enough with the fact that we've subcontracted out half the city. Uh, I believe we're staged to, to uh, service, service our citizens well this fall. Well, your subcontracting uh, issue may answer the next question. The person is asking, did you get some new equipment? Because in addition to the red trailer truck that looks sort of well-worn that we see around town, we're starting to see some new bright white-colored units. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Yeah, that's right. So, yes, that is that is our subcontractor, uh, RecPro, and they've done a great job. And, again, um, uh, Jerry Rollins, who was a, a good friend of mine, he, he just passed away not too long ago. Uh, he and I had several conversations on his putting together this bid to serve the city. Uh, Rollins Excavating has been a great partner with the city for for decades, and uh, I, I miss Jerry. I, I'm sorry, you know, I I, I know he's in a better place, and um, uh, but we had a great conversation, and it was that 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 subcontracting relationship was based on a lot of trust and trust between jerry and i and jbb and i and also by the fact that they care about the city of murfreesboro uh the fact that this was a local contractor that went out on i mean he he took risk it was a, a high level of risk he didn't have a trained workforce or the equipment he had to go purchase the equipment had to train the workforce we had to trust that he could do that and also uh, just trust that he was going to be able to perform, and, he, and they've done a great job. So uh, I would call that just a roaring success at this time. So we hope to continue that that relationship. Uh, that contract will be extended, uh, I think, the next – I think we had it either for two more years or maybe three more years. Um, but uh, we expect that relationship to continue on uh, for several years. While we're talking about uh, waste and things of that sort – uh, listener is asking us about the downtown convenience center is often closed. Right. Uh, any chance that it's going to be open on regular hours? Well, I, this is this has been a, a well a, a, a 
a rub for a lot of folks and and somewhat for me as well and i don't want to again there's there's operational issues we don't have the equipment to dispose of what were called roll-offs these are very those very large containers so we are reliant on others to come and pack those roll-offs and and transport them to the landfill and there are times when those roll-offs fill up so quickly that we have no choice We, we 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 have to we have to shut the gates because there's just no more room for solid waste and the 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 folks that are supposed to come and pull those roll-offs out and empty them they're on a certain schedule uh and i think that schedule may be contractual that we can't really affect so much so i would love to be able to enhance that schedule uh that schedule was set years ago when the city was not the size it was today but it's kind of one of those moments in time. So it's a free. See, the, the, the thing about it is it's a free service. So they come and pick those roll-offs up for free and dump them for free. So it's uh, unless I think, you know, the only option would be if the city wants to start paying for an extra service. That's something that it's on my radar and I haven't come. I haven't uh, made a recommendation to the city council and we haven't come up with a solution yet. But. Yes, uh, we want to enhance that service, and if it and if it requires some changes in our operations, then I think we should be willing to look at that. It's ultimately the council's decision, but uh, I have to make a recommendation to the council for them to consider it. And the person who had that question has expanded it a bit, and they're wanting to know about uh, allowing furniture to be dropped off. They said that it's just you get some furniture and you what do you do with it well we actually have bulk item pickup you can call and schedule with our solid waste uh department and i apologize i don't have that number in front of me but you can call and schedule a a bulk item pickup at your home so if you have a furniture or a mattress now i will say mattresses need to be bagged up because we're concerned about bed bugs but you need to have a, a mattress bag uh if you if you dispose of a mattress but furniture we we don't do uh, appliances tvs any type of electronics but if it's furniture or a mattress you can call our solid waste department and i'll get that number here in a second um and they will schedule a time to come out you sit in your front yard and we'll come pick it up boy i had no idea you had that service i know a lot of people don't know that now i will say this uh i'm probably going to be asking for a nominal fee for us to continue to do that because it is a it is a it's an expensive service for us to provide at this point that our normal solid waste fee doesn't cover but uh, i'm talking about a nominal if you talk about 15 dollars or 10 or 15 dollars to come and pick up furniture we're talking something in that range so i think most folks would still be able to afford it and appreciate it and i still see people dumping sofas and things chairs uh, on side roads yeah that's that's something that's that's a problem uh and we do get calls. There's occasionally people don't schedule it, and they just put it out in the middle of a of a roadway, and, and we have to react to that. We don't let it just sit there, but we do try to find out who did it, and we try to let them know that's a violation of our city ordinance and city code. So uh, if repeat offenders, they can be fined if, they, if we find them and, and uh, they continue to do that. Now, Darren, you mentioned also about you do not take the TVs and flat screens, computers, but uh, the county does. The county it? does, and they do charge a fee for that. If you go off to the convenience center off of Haley Road, I know that they have a uh, uh, electronics disposal site that, again, 
I'm not sure what the fees are, but they're nominal. And to, to drop off a TV or a stereo or whatever you, you have, um, a computer, they'll, uh, they'll charge you a nominal fee, and you can do- dispose of it there. Very good. So that's where the, the dog pond apparently yeah, it's, used it's, to be. Yeah, it used to be. It's over there off of yeah. Haley. Yeah, it's right close to that. The Very good. Yeah, pause. Darren Gore is our guest this morning. We're going to check on the traffic and weather. We'll be right back. Darren is the assistant city manager for Murfreesboro. If you have a question, we've got just a few minutes left, so don't wait or the time will be gone. Mm-hmm. 615-893-1450. I want to say good morning to uh, one of our new customers. Proud to have these folks with us. And they're bringing you a look at the weather. Brought to you by Home Auto Repair Shop. First class sales and service over in Smyrna. You need to head over to Smyrna to see first class auto and service. Sales and service. They're now offering 10% off labor cost for any job. Doesn't matter. And they're tacking on an additional 5% savings if you're a first responder, a veteran, a Rutherford County teacher, students as well uh, as MTSU and MTSU students too. So everybody gets savings. That's up to 15% off labor cost for any car repair job at First Class Sales and Service in Smyrna. And wherever you are, it's worth the drive to go over there. You can save up to 15%. That's pretty neat. First Class Sales and Service in Smyrna. Check it out, won't you? Go by and say howdy to them. Now let's check on the weather. We'll see a few spotty rain showers here this afternoon with mostly cloudy skies, a high in the upper 60s. Winds out of the northwest of 5 to 10 miles per hour. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 54. Hey guys, I'm Marcellus from Bubba Gandy Seafood, the freshest seafood in town with a new delivery every single week. Veteran owned and operated by a U.S. Navy shipmate. You could say he knows the ocean well. Bubba Gandy Seafood on Memorial Boulevard across from the Sportscom. Schedule online anytime. Getting an appointment with Ascension Care Teams at St. Thomas just got easier with online scheduling. Now you don't have to break away from your day to book the care you need when and where you need it. No matter where you are or what you're up to, whether you're a new patient or if you've been here before, just pick the appointment that works for you. Schedule online anytime at GetSTHealthCare.com. For 80 years, Roscoe Brown has been the trusted name in heating, cooling, and plumbing for Middle Tennessee homeowners and businesses. Throughout the years, our number one goal has been to accurately assess your HVAC and plumbing systems. With four locations in Middle Tennessee, we provide 24-7 assistance by calling 1-888-MY-ROSCOE. Turn to the experts at Carrier and Roscoe Brown. People you know, a name you trust. RoscoeBrown.com. Roscoe Brown. RoscoeBrown.com. Rutherford Issues with Brian Barrett. Weekday mornings at 10. WGNS, your good neighbor station. Rutherford County's place to talk. Having a party every morning right here on WGNS. Welcome back. Happy birthday going out to John Bowen, our winner this morning from Simply Pure Sweets Bakery and Cafe. Our good neighbor of the day receiving flowers from Ryan's Flower Coffee and Gifts is Tangie Bain, always helping anyone in need. 
What a good neighbor that is, Angie Bain. Our phone number is 615-893-1450. We have a person who's interested in the storm water program. Uh, they're looking at it a little differently. They say that uh, the area that they live in, uh, the street gets flooded. <laughs> on a regular basis. <laughs> That's a little different approach to yeah, stormwater. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they say they live on uh, North Highland, and there's no creeks that they know of around there. Why, why is it flooding in the rain? <laughs> well, uh, well, I, I, I don't know the area specifically, but I, I suspect it's, it's an older part of town, and maybe the stormwater infrastructure that's of, of current uh, standard uh, requirement for development probably wasn't a current wasn't a standard uh criteria back when when that area was developed <laughs> but uh before before i go on i want to give the solid waste uh, uh phone number here it's uh 615-893-3681 and that's for the uh uh bulk item pickup from the the, the previous person that posed the question so so on stormwater uh i was actually started with the city in 2005 and that was probably one of my first um directives was to get in set up our uh, it's called an ms4 permit municipal separate storm sewer system permit and we looked at put implementing the stormwater fee so the way i try to tell folks stormwater is typically there's quantity of stormwater which is flooding and and volume of, of rain events that maybe the system gets inundated and then there's quality of stormwater, which is really trying to take care of that first one inch of rain, which is, uh, we call it the first flush. So the Water Resources Department typically focuses on trying to treat the water quality aspect of runoff so that we put in stormwater control measures. These can be bioretention areas. They can be filter strips. They can be ponds. We have underground detention. There's, a, there's an array of tools to deal with that first flush treatment with regards to volume, we do use the stormwater fee to, to, to handle neighborhood drainage projects and neighborhood drainage issues. Um, so we create a capital improvement plan. Uh, every year we update it along with the budget, and we identify those neighborhood projects that we deem a priority. So all I can say is on this North Highland area, um, I'm sure that Sam Huddleston and Chris Griffith know about it. Uh, it may just be a bigger project uh i'm not sure if it's on the cip quite honestly it may very well be on the cip right now but i will have them uh, i'll bring it up to them today and have them look at it and and uh if it's something that we can it may not happen tomorrow but if it's a long-term uh, uh capital project that we want to look at uh, using stormwater fee for we can definitely do that do we have uh sewer drains on all streets in the city or are they just certain areas certain areas i mean there's still some areas that that uh have limited curb inlets we say that allow the water to drain in and then have a clear di you know there are some some bowls we call them right that don't have a clear as this person stated a creek or a stream to discharge to so we have to put in deep pipes uh to get to these bowl areas and obviously deep large pipes cost a lot of money and and then there's um just the easement acquisition it's getting tougher and tougher when i first got in the business it wasn't so tough to go acquire easements from the public just their willingness to sell you an easement now a lot of folks just don't even want to entertain granting an easement or selling you an easement 
and there's a there's a strong aversion to using eminent domain and condemning property for easements so a, a lot of times projects kind of get killed before they even start before they've even got to the design phase because the land acquisition is going to be uh tough tough to to go get all the the required permits and easements to get the project done Darren, we have about a minute left in the broadcast, and before we leave, let, let's don't leave anything out. What is number one on your list of things you want to accomplish right now? Well, it's 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 getting our water resource recovery facility expanded. Um, we just to be real blunt, and I, I we had a all last year we worked on a sewer allocation ordinance that we we had several stakeholder meetings with developers, builders. Um, other interested parties about the fact that we were uh, the density of development was getting beyond our ability to serve through our collection system but ultimately it all gets back to our centralized plant and just to be real short about it it's it's we probably have about 10 years 10 to 12 years worth of capacity remaining at our plant but if you consider projects taking somewhere between five and six years to build out especially these larger subdivisions um we may be at a point where we've booked all of our capacity through plans approval in the next five to six years so that's concerning if we get to a point where we've committed all of our sewer capacity to projects that have been approved then we really cannot go beyond that threshold darren gore the assistant city manager for murfreesboro our guest this morning. Stay with us. Truman's next right here on WGNS Murfreesboro.